Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. It's the great Oscar debate, everything that's wrong with the awards, plus new Brian Singer sexual allegations, Alyssa Milano's MAGA hat controversy, Sundance's shocking Michael Jackson documentary, all this and more on Meet the Hollywood Press for January 27th, 2019. I'm Morgan Ouellette, in for Alina Vision, and now your host of Meet the Hollywood Press, Joseph Katz. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Hollywood Press. Welcome, Morgan. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Thanks, You're in for my Alina. And I thought I could never be happy with anyone else but Alina, but that was beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for doing this for us. I'm so excited to join you guys. Yes. So for viewers of Meet the Hollywood Press who may not know you, although we have a lot of reality uh, (laughs) viewers that do watch our show, Morgan is currently starring on MTV's X on the Beach. Yes. And she won Big Brother season. It was Big Brother Over the Top. Big Brother Over the Top. When you were just telling us off camera, tell us the dramatic thing that happened. Oh, my God. So I was one of the last people in America to find out that Trump was our president. Yes. So the election was going on when we were locked away in the house. Julie Chin comes on TV and it's like, who wants to know who's president? <laughs> oh we're like, God. we do. And then she was like, um, it's Trump. And everyone, literally, our reactions were on CNN. So go look at that clip. It's I classic. Will. How many people were left in the house at that point, roughly? I want to say six or seven. Was so it a divided group or was it all like... Well, Across just, the board, Julie like, Chen literally asks and goes, raise your hand if you think Hillary Clinton is your new president. And all of us were like, 100%. <laughs> well, we had missed everything yes. that had gone on. So we moved wow. in a month before. So the last I heard was she was in the lead. So I was like, oh, 100%. 100%, yeah. And then, lo wow. and behold. <laughs> wow. I have a question, even though I haven't been introduced yet. And people are like, who is this guy? Oh, but really? Who's this <laughs> guy? Who's, who's this joker? guy over here? We're... So a month before the election, that was roughly about the time the the grabbing by the pussy tape came out. So I was curious, were you in the house when that mm-hmm. came out? So you were completely unaware yeah. of all that. So I was unaware of a lot. So when I wow. got out, what a four weeks later, I had a lot to catch up on. But surprisingly, the thing I was the most shocked about, which I said this in an interview, and I want to punch myself in the face. I was yeah. like, Kim Kardashian was held at gunpoint. Like that's what I'm most curious <laughs> about. And they're like, shut up. What are you <laughs> it's gonna <important>. do? <laughs> Well, now that you just totally stepped on my intro of you, <laughs> thank you so much, Greg Gilman. Hi, I'm I, Greg Gilman. Today on the show is Greg Gilman, entertainment journalist and lead ma- lead singer of Greg and Good Company. Yes. Um, indie rock band here in L.A. who's um, burning up the scene, I'd say. You're on like yeah, local radio. Currently now. on 88.5 FM. The journalist was Lair. <laughs> New album, American Way Out Now Shameless on Spotify, all that stuff. At the top. <laughs> um, the journalist connection here, Greg and I have worked at several places. He was my right-hand man at The Wrap, running all the morning news. And this is actually like our first time reuniting on this show mm-hmm. since you shot the pilot for me. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yes. That great promo where we were yes, like, I was, funny I, promo. I got in trouble for shooting that promo at a company yes, that I recently left that shall not be named. And now here I am. I'm a, Now I can be here. I'm Welcome free. back. <laughs> this is going to be great. 
So let's just dive in. There's a lot of topics um, to discuss. Really quickly, though, I just want to say um, it was kind of a bad week in media, and since we are Meet the Hollywood Press, um, sort of want to send good thoughts in, um, out there to like, but the BuzzFeed uh, employees that lost their jobs, the Huffington Post employees, it was kind of a bad week in media just in terms of, I just don't like to hear when any talented journalists mm-hmm. are out of jobs, so sending good thoughts, I'm sure they're, they're all going to land, but I've been there and it sucks when you're out of a job, so not a good, not a good week in media, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So, anyway, Brian Singer allegations. That was a piece, if I've ever read one. Let's get this. That was an expose for sure. What was so well written, though. When I was reading this, I could not put it down. The fact that they spent 12 months on it, I'm like, applause. So just to back up really quickly for um, audience who haven't maybe read it, um, it's gone farly wide. The Atlantic um, did a Ronan Farrow-style uh, investigative report that they spent, like Morgan said, 12 months on, and it was four uh, um, accusers coming forward, telling their story. I believe two on the record, two remained anonymous. Yeah, Andy for, and Eric, I believe, were their code names. Exactly. Um, and just about alleged rape, alleged sexual assault, alleged, just shenanigans that had gone on for years. Brian Singer, we should say, because we need to say this, um, vehemently denies the uh, allegations to the report and says it's the work of a uh, quote-unquote homophobic um, yeah. writer that is out to get him. Because, I mean, anyone would really want to spend 12 months of their <laughs> right. life on that vendetta for... So I'm just going to start off. Um, I felt like, you know, the, the the aftermath of this was that Bohemian Rhapsody, which he was the director on, but then got fired at the very end, which is getting award buzz, and Rami Malek is uh, the favorite Contender to, to, to for best actor. Yeah, to win for best actor. He um, Glad pulled the award after this article. There was two. Let me just. There's two sides. Glad goes and pulls the the nomination for Bohemian. Glad Rap- Media Awards. Yeah. Then on the other hand, he, the movie's currently working on Red Sanja. Sanja. Uh, announced that they will keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts. Um, well, it is. I'm curious to see um, whether Brian Singer truly remains attached. Uh, these things tend to get bigger and bigger, as we've seen with Bill Cosby, as yeah. we saw with Weinstein, and. Generally, based on the reporting, seems like he was pretty active in these alleged activities, if they're true. Yeah. And it sounds like there's probably a lot there. There could be a lot more people out there who might come out of the woodwork, whether whether they're telling the truth or not. And it could get. It, I think it's going to get worse for Brian Singer. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if he goes the, the way of Kevin Spacey. Um, yeah. Because initially Kevin Spacey was not fired either. It wasn't until you know fifteen more, and including uh, House of Cards Netflix employees said, "Yeah, he's grabbed me too," and then he was gone. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens in terms of the. I I don't think it is fair for Glad Media um, to pull Bohemian Rhapsody because. A movie is more than just a director. A movie is the sum of hundreds, if not thousands, of people working together to create this product at, that they believe and they spent, you know, some people spent years on this movie. And a lot of people like it. Um, what was interesting is before yeah. these sexual allegations, they uh, there was this controversy. People just didn't think it's a very good movie, so they're surprised at how much attention it is getting from Oscars and Golden yeah. Globes. Did you see... Did you I see did. it? And I actually really liked it. And it's so funny because I have a friend um, who's very active in the gay community. And I went to go see it. And he was like, 
are you kidding me? And this was before anything about yes. Singer came out. And he was like, you get, like, don't support that movie. I don't support yeah. him. I've heard so many of my friends who have had issues with him. Yes. And I was just like, once he said that, that's when I kind of stepped back. And I was like, maybe I should reevaluate this. this. Well, my, the- my gay friends just didn't appreciate the way they portrayed um, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. That was the issues it. that I heard about the movie. So it was more like what I hear about it is just like the movie's flawed, but the performance of Ronnie Holmes is mm-hmm. so powerful. Incredible. He's amazing. So he stands out from it. Okay, so I want to say, go back to this Glad thing because I have a theory on it. I don't think that what I think that was more a push for for Glad to put pressure on Bohemian Rhapsody, the studio behind it, to distance themselves from him because at this point, but they already did. They fired him. They, and they fired him, but they, does, he, but doesn't he technically still get credit on these awards because of DJ rules? And he did yeah. direct the majority of it. They did but three weeks. You of, would, you of would so there's no because you would think in this Me Too era, the way they're like stripping everybody of, they could kick him out of DGA, correct? Yeah, I, I, they, people can do it. Like the they way want. they 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 kicked out um, Bill Cosby from like the Academy, and they stripped him of the. Okay, I think the Glad thing is more some of um, all parts. I will say why. Okay, Brian Singer is very similar to the um, worst kept secret of like Matt Lauer for years. The worst kept secret of Harvey Weinstein. I think that Glad are people that are also gay. Well, Harvey in Weinstein the, was actually a best kept secret. I mean, it's I felt like, like it was worse kept. You well, think so? I mean, it, I, it, considering the, how long he was active uh, doing these things, I think they kept the secret pretty well, actually. I guess that's kind of <laughs> true. I think it was maybe like you started to hear rumblings about it. They were nosing around maybe like three, four years before the stuff actually broke. But you just would hear that he was a tyrant, but not to digress. Mm-hmm. To back to the lad. People in the gay community have talked about this for years. That the you know the parties at the house with the young boys and the this. Well, and this the was that. a huge story when it's, we were at the rap together. Yeah, back in two thousand fourteen, exactly. right? With yes. Michael Egan. So remember that story. So what what ended up um, to me giving Brian Singer a pass? That guy, unfortunately, that came forward ended up being a liar and doing it for the mm-hmm, wrong right. reasons and was proved to be a liar. But now you come out with this other report. At what point? I guess what I'm saying is. Is there any cases that we can point to where there's, like, the innocent guy in Hollywood that five people have come out against and say, hey, innocent guy, we're just going to orchestrate and take you down? Because he's denied—that's what starts to become, like, isn't it strength in numbers? Like, has there been any guy that's been accused with more than, like, five to ten women, if it being a guy, or that have turned out to not be true? Um, uh, Certainly there was a flurry—or not a flurry, there was a big— rush of alligator people tweeting you know oh yeah. this about this actor i went on a bad date with this guy and the media in my opinion got quite reckless pretty quickly and just oh someone tweeted an allegation without yeah. actually talking to the person and jeremy piven was notably one of those people who had um several people come out against him and he fought really hard to be like like to clear his name and nothing really went further further, further with him um but he's one of those guys that i think fought off the allegations and you know no one has really been able to prove it and it's such a hard thing to prove yeah and i think we all have our own um we all have our own line in the sand that we're gonna like believe something there's yeah. a credibility right and for me it's it's usually a lot of people you know bill cosby's like oh bill cosby no no and then once you get past a dozen i was like well okay maybe bill cosby is a rapist yeah because <laughs> it's, it's it's a tough reality to face for for brian singer i love x-men x-men is my favorite my favorite uh superhero movies yeah. um i i love his movies i love bill cosby i love bill cosby yeah so it's like it is it is 
a hard thing to reconcile as a fan who you spent your entire childhood, you know, looking up to these people to learn that they, you know, there's something beneath the surface. Morgan, as a female mm -hmm. perspective, looking at these, the Me Too at large movement too, um, there's statistics that say like, there's so little of a percentage of a woman that actually would make this up. And there was a point being made online where it was like, name me five of like blanks accusers. And this is like a year later and you can't name the women. Women don't do this to be famous, right? No, 100%. Yes. I, I mean, you just wouldn't put yourself, I feel like in that light. And like, that's not something you would want to be known for, mm. for fame. Like, no. you can do it some other way. So I think for someone to come out, one, takes so much courage, courage. to mm. put yourself, and that will follow you. Yes. So I just don't think anyone in their right mind would do that for fame or glory or whatever. Like, it's true. And I think for anyone to come forward, they're not lying. But that's me as a female who... Well, that's what I'm saying. That. And just, like, so then also just say from, like, a female perspective, say with your girlfriends, mm -hmm. do you believe that there's then... Because I this is how I've also heard male, straight males try to defend themselves. They'll hey, say... Hey, you talking about my people? Yeah, your people. <laughs> bros. My fragile bros? The bros. The bros will say, like, um, it's buyer's remorse sometimes with a girl. Meaning, like, some of these are, like... They had sex when they were drunk, or they maybe thought it was going to go somewhere. For do you believe that that exists? And what a, do girls ever think that that exists? Is there a level of that amongst? Because it's what guys use, and mm -hmm. I always say to them, I'm like, there's like two percent of like cases where you could prove that a girl is well, lying. The, the the Duke Lacrosse case is a really big one that she was lying, and that's a really good example of when allegations get out of hand. And for the longest time, I thought those dudes were guilty, and I watched this documentary. And a documentary does a great job of really, uh, you don't know what happens to Leanne. Yeah. And I wasn't familiar mm -hmm. with the story. And I'm like, these guys are definitely guilty. You know, screw these frat boy yeah. assholes. And then uh, the end that comes and you find out the woman was lying. And she, the reason she was lying because she didn't want to, like, admit she was drunk, mm -hmm. might lose her kid. Yeah. And then it's like, oh. And then all the people who rushed to judgment... The apology, oh, whoops, we were wrong, that doesn't get any attention. No one cares right. about the correction. That's true. Uh, and, and that's why Fox News does the news the way it does, because they know people don't care about the correction. But so that's a really good example of when it's like there's a media pile on, and then, oh, they Yeah, were I mean, I definitely do think there are situations like that, like that, for example, mm -hmm. where I just think it's such a small percentage. Small percentage, for I sure. don't think it's the majority, but I, no. I will say... I mean, as a woman, I have heard of stories where females have been like, I was just really drunk, and like, so I think that does happen, but I think what's important now is people can speak out, yes. whereas in the past, if that did happen, it wasn't like the, they were trying to cover it up and all that, they just felt like they didn't have a platform or couldn't speak, so I think now that's what's so important about women in the movement right now. Exactly, and that's what was echoed last week. We had two of the Empire, I had two of the Empire writers and producers, females on the show, and we were talking about just these issues at large, and they said the biggest difference was agreed, even with Alina, my co-host, was that you can speak about it and not be as scared anymore, mm -hmm. you know? There is a certain level of, like, some people do get scared of career retaliation, but nowhere near, like, you right. can be very open And, and the about Atlantic it. piece... What I loved about it is it really broke down. It mentioned stuff like that where it's like the we talked to these people, but they did not want to go on a record because they still fear uh, career retaliation. Yeah, and so there's a number of people working in the industry, still working there, that have spoken out but done so anonymously because they still fear retaliation. Yeah, and another thing to think of too is like me personally, my my philosophy is I don't know. Yeah, and so I I don't discredit accusers but I don't just 
I don't say they're telling the truth. I truly have no idea. I wasn't there. Like I said, it's strength in numbers. You start hearing the same. Well, okay, that's pretty hard not to kind of believe that. Yeah. But I will say that look at the guys who went on a record here. They're in their 30s. This has clearly been weighing on them oh. for quite some time. Mm-hmm. thousand percent. And uh, they know that people are going to say, well, why didn't you say something 10 years ago? You know, why, why are you doing it now? Oh, you want to file a lawsuit because you see other people doing it. But clearly this is something that really did traumatize them in a lot of ways. And the article does a great way of uh, kind of giving a, a summary of their life story and kind of how it went off the rails after the abuse. Yeah. Um, which I think is a total, like, I buy that as a result of it. I mean, you are destroyed as a person yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you're victimized in that way. And so that to me, you know, definitely I think people should – Strongly consider an accuser, but I don't necessarily think you can. You have you're in no position to say he's telling the truth, mm-hmm. but okay. I'm certainly not going to say he's not. So I'm just gonna um, we're gonna move on from Brian Singer because we've got a lot of heavy sexual allegation stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I want to get through before we get to the Oscar actually. Stuff. I, <laughs> I want to real quick uh, piggyback off what you said. You know, you don't want to come out as if you don't want to be known for that. And I'm not going to get into it. This is not going to be my platform to do it. But I, I was a victim of of, um, of molestation when I was a kid. And it's one of those things where you don't want, like, I don't want that to be my life story. I don't want to make yeah. a big deal about that. I don't want that to be the, like, oh, he's the guy. Like, I don't want to. You don't um, want it to define who you are. Yeah, so I totally understand that reservation. I don't think anyone in the right mind Either you're crazy and vindictive, right? Mm -hmm. That's one motivation, and you're just doing anything you can to screw over someone. But for the most part, you don't want to come out and say something horrible to happen to you. And it's a brave thing to do, and it's a scary thing to do, and it's not an ideal thing as humans that we want to do. No, it's true. Okay, so the other other story here is um, the Michael Sundance is going on. We're actually very happy to be um, nice and toasty in a <laughs> studio in Hollywood rather than... Not in Utah. Yeah, I, I didn't... Sun, you didn't Sundance. Have you been? No, I haven't. Have you? Uh, no, I've never been there. Okay, I was there once and never again. <laughs> I was like... It's like if you're going there to work when you're actually... It's, for me, personally, miserable. It's just like I... It's cold. It's miserable. You got to go from one end of the town to the other. If you go there for fun, yes, it's enjoyable. <laughs> so, like when you get to like hit up all the parties at night, that was the only part that was fun. But the working while you're there, I would not want to go as a journalist. I want to go as a filmmaker or just oh, go to have fun. That, well, of course, that yeah. would be because that's like a you know, it's like your passion. Okay, so the Michael Jackson Leaving Neverland documentary debuted, and it is the reviews I'm reading and the reaction I'm reading. It sounds pretty horrifying. I should say up front, Michael Jackson's estate and some of his family have come out to um, vehemently rebuke rebuke the the entire documentary and say that it's opportunistic people that had come forward before and that you know it's Wade Robson and why is the other guy the other guy's name um, um, Safe Chuck yeah Safe Chuck um, that they were involved back in the day when Michael was still living and that they that that either Michael was cleared of those allegations are that they defended Michael even against other ones but now it's like the families and this is year like you said years later the families from what I read in the very graphic um, reviews like on IndieWire and everything it's pretty graphic like that there was one line in Variety's review talking about the groans and moans and just like gasp coming from the audience yes. the entire time so that's pretty telling 
Yeah. When you hear an audible reaction in a movie theater for something like that's not like a laugh or a scary scream, that's pretty telling of how affecting this is going to be. So how do you think this – like there was one part of one of the reviews that said – You'll never listen to, if after you see this documentary, you'll never listen to Michael Jackson's music uh, the same again, or maybe not at all. I can't wait to see it personally. What's your thoughts, Morgan? I like have chills thinking, like even yes. reading the reviews. I was like jaw to the ground because yes. I mean they broke down like he had nooks and crannies, mm-hmm. and oh. then like reading about how, like the drills he would do, where he would ring a bell to make sure no one could hear. Yes, I mean I had yeah, chills the, reading the, the article, oof. so I can't even imagine four hours of a documentary like this. It's just insane. That's the thing that I feel is very troubling. Like they always say as a journalist, right? The level you can tell your gut when you're talking to a source, your gut is one thing, but then the level of detail that people remember only remember that level of kind of detail when something Mm -hmm. is nine times out of ten true. So to me, it's like, where would they get all these details? Like who? Like right, like a closet inside a closet. You wouldn't just make up a fact. Yeah, and and they back it up by. They show. I'm sure they give a tour of the estate, and they find these. They show yeah. the audience that these places exist. They use footage to do it, so backs up their claim. What's your theory? And again, we're not therapists or psychiatrists, so we can't do armchair diagnosis here. But I, I was talking to a family member um, about it, right? And this is just like a family member, and I said, "What do you think?" And it was interesting when you hear just they're like, "I think that Michael Jackson truly was like sick and thought he was a 12 year old boy." And that maybe in his mind he what what is there any could there be anything to that like was he aware of what he was doing was I, it like I don't or, think it matters I don't think it yeah. matters we'll never be able to get I'm not inside justifying his head. Right. Yeah. Any, yeah but I'm trying to get inside the because in one sense you see this kind man that seemed like he was so generous he was so but that, so does Jerry Sandusky he was a nice guy too that's true so. And mm. and a lot of times that's how they get their victims is they're being nice to them. Oh, you're so great. Let me take care of you. Let me shower you in gifts. Yeah. That's a very common thing with molestation. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, you know, it's called grooming. And so it it doesn't, you know, at this point, nothing surprised me when yeah. uh, an allegation. Mm-hmm. But I will say this is interesting. So every one of these major documentaries that are coming forward with allegations yes. and this Brian Singer story, right? You have R. Kelly making huge, huge waves. R. Kelly was prosecuted for having sex with a 14-year-old on a tape and peeing on her. Yeah. And uh, he was acquitted in 2008. There's been multiple stories that have gone. BuzzFeed did a, a couple great articles on it, right? Yeah. So I've already known all this, and then this documentary comes out, and it blows it up, right? And then you're going to have this Michael Jackson thing. Obviously, he was on trial for this. Um, I believe that Wade Robinson, I believe the two people in a documentary did defend him at the trial. And yes. then only recently they've come, they've come, come out with, come their, out own with stories. their own stories. But wow, what the, what a power of documentary in 2000, in this decade. Documentaries I mean, used to be just like to like, oh, I learned something new. And now documentaries are full on like really exposing like. It's because there's nothing strange, tr- there's nothing, I mean, truth is stranger than fiction. So it's like we're, we're really like, yeah. this is really compelling content. But it's just crazy that the work that these filmmakers are doing um, is really doing good work for the victims. If you know, oh, for sure, for sure, and it's cathartic for the victim. Finally, um, getting finally getting people talking about the way it needs to be talked about for their for the problem to be 
you know, come close, anywhere close to being... The interesting thing, though, about this is that, like, do you remember, though, when Michael Jackson uh, had died, and then there was this whole wave of, like, people feeling like um, he was a martyr again, Mm -hmm. and, like, all of that was Mm -hmm. forgotten, and, like, we should have been there for him more, we should have... And it's like... I don't know. It's just like it's it, we go. We've been covering these stories now. Hey, for Michael since. Jackson could have called me if he wanted to. He never did. No. So <laughs> I can't. I don't feel guilty about it. It's because you have Macaulay Culkin, for instance, who still to this day um, um, defends him. I mean, he say, well, he says he's never touched. And he, he, I mean, he's very close with Paris. I mean, he's his god. He's yeah. Paris's godfather. Hmm. Is it fair? Wait, are the is that for me? <laughs> oh <laughs> okay so anyway um the next thing terry cruz on um and it's interesting how it's all connects too right we're going to terry cruz who had an allegation yes well he actually terry cruz on twitter right now moving on from that but again just to reiterate michael jackson's estate as i said at the top of the story vehemently denies all of the yeah, and, and we'll never truly know I mean yeah it's hard to say for sure I'll never know until there's a video you know yeah so one more story here before we move on to, to some lighter fare <laughs> um, Terry Crews who's been a big champion of this movement and got came out against an agent from I believe it was was it CAA I don't it was it was one of the top talent agencies that's escaping me he won. The guy got, like, reprimanded and I think suspended for a while. But Terry Crews has now been on the front lines of really, like, saying men need to be a part of this Me Too movement. It, men need to hold other men accountable. Um, I guess he was just getting into beef, like, right before as we were getting over that. You pointed out with D.L. Ugly and 50 Cent because they were kind of, like, mocking. 50 Cent, yeah. 50 yeah, Cent I mean, likes to make fun of people on his Instagram and whatnot. So, I guess, what are your both of your thoughts? Like, I'm, I think Terry Crews is the man. First of like, all, I love that he is so vocal and, like, goes out. Like, he will speak on everything. And he re- and it is men's equal responsibility to hold men accountable. That is still why we have this problem. Oh, I 100% think it's amazing that he's speaking out. And I just, I mean, it needs to be said. I'm Why, just because he's a man and he has muscles, can he not speak about this? And I'm, like, reading the tweets, and I was going back and looking at them. Can you and, read them real quick? Yes, you read let them me pull them us? up. Good. There's, like, a series of three, I believe. It's, okay. like, perfect th- trio of So tweets. Terry Crews tweeted to D.L. Hughley and said, You told the world God gave me muscles so I could say no. I guess there was some kind of radio interview are you implying i wanted to be sexually assaulted i'm listening sir and then dl hughley responded you saw the video and then terry continues and said sir you said i should have pushed him back or restrained him i did all of those things but you act like i didn't were you there and dl hughley then responds that's different than slapping the shit out of him yes but then didn't he finally respond back and say should i slap the shit yeah out of yeah you? So then terry like <laughs> mic drop and then responds, so, sure, so, sir, if you truly feel that is a correct way to deal with toxic behavior, should I slap the shit out of you? Yes. I'm like, yes, thank you, Terry. <laughs> thank Good you. Slap back. But don't you agree that that, like, aren't you totally team, t- I'm totally team Terry. It's like, I, I love Terry. It's like, I get it. It's again, it is toxic masculinity. It's like a man, like, shaming another man for what? Like not acting being, properly not, not and a stereotype and of masculinity. Oh, you gotta be tough and beat the hell out yeah, of Yeah, it's just. And I can tell you, listen, 
I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> I had an experience uh, coming up my one-year anniversary of going to jail for the first time in my life because I had a landlord who, no joke, tried to kill me. He tried to run me over with his truck twice. I, he came out of his car. I happened to have a chain on me, and I punched him yeah. in the face with the chain a couple times till he went down because he came at me saying, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. Yes. Cops come, I get arrested. Okay? So this here's, feels like another here's a episode. white guy in America, right? <laughs> we need to cops cover arrest, this. Cops arrest me. But my point is that Terry is completely right. Where he, if he's saying if he would have slapped the no, shit out of him, he if he would have beat the guy, he would have got arrested. Exactly. It would have changed the whole thing. It would have changed the whole dynamic. So that's why it's just it's stupid. And by the way, Fifty Cent is actually very um, was a very lovely person when I did a shoot with him. And like for all the talk about him being like, you know, kind of there tend to be some some black male celebrities that. With the homophobic, and they're, it's kind of like mm-hmm. they're raised to like that's not correct. So there is a certain level of that in the community there. But he was like, couldn't be cooler. So it is surprising that they go like, there's just no reason like support each other. And right? also exactly. too, it's it's not just this issue that he's been on the front lines of in terms of talking about uh, preaching against toxic masculinity. Yeah, he's written a whole book about his past as. Uh, trying to be Mr. Tough Guy, yeah. cheating on his uh, wife a bunch of times, uh, being addicted to pornography, and he's all—I mean—he's gone on to like talk shows and talked about this. So this whole thing with the agent is just one element of it. That's you know because it's it's really in a zeitgeist right now. But yeah. he's he's been very open the last like probably five years, if not longer. And I really look forward to reading that book because he seems like a really wise guy who's really taken his life, reflected on it, and said. You know, I can change. I should change. And he's an example of that change. Yeah. And he's such a funny guy. He's such, like, an aspirational person. I would love to be Terry Crews. I love, like, what a great guy to be. I think he's a great role model. We need more people like him. I just think men need to check themselves across the board because, I yeah, Team Terry. Okay, so let's move on to um, Alyssa Milano wrote a really – okay, so it started out like this. Alyssa Milano, after the Covington – student uh, protest controversy with the Native Americans that happened. And I will say, I've had arguments for a week on Facebook. I do believe the media did screw up that day. Like, it, like I, as I said, they rushed to judgment. They should have waited. They should have looked at more taste. But we know that we live in this world as journalists. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to get the story out, got to get the story out. And I think that we live in a very... Well, not just as journalists. It's a, we're so, as a culture, we're so reactionary. Reactionary. We see a video and it's like, oh, immediately we yeah. have an opinion. Now, she is an activist, and actually, Alyssa Milano, for, for all the talk when, like, you'll have, like, commentators on certain cable news channels say, oh, just shut up and dribble, or just act, or don't get involved. She's a very well-read person on politics, so I, I don't believe that celebrities are not allowed to talk about politics. That's my personal That's opinion. Crazy. We're all Americans. I think anyone can talk about whatever they want to talk about. So she tweeted out after this thing saying... The red hat, the Magna, Make America Great Again hats is like the new white hood, the KKK, you know. Uh, So after a lot of backlash from one half of the country and then support really on the other half of the country about it, she wrote a um, a really powerful op-ed in the rap. And she's basically, instead of like a lot of celebrities, she got piled on on Twitter for saying that. She stood her ground. And by the way, I respect that mad respect for her i um so she basically i just want to read like a little quote from it but she basically was saying um so when when i saw that video i saw boys flaunting their entitlement and displaying toxic masculinity it seemed to me like they were reflecting the white nationalism and racism that the hats on their heads have come to represent 
So I sent out a tweet that read, the red magna hat is the new white hood. Right-wing pundits and anonymous trolls alike screamed from my head literally and figuratively. My husband received death threats. Here's the thing. I was right. So I won't apologize. No, it's just she's sticking her ground. And she makes a really good case further down, too, where she lists uh, the things that the red hats were at. Yes. So what are what are our thoughts? Do we all kind of agree? So we can move on? Because if, yeah. if, if we're all in agreement, I'm going to be like, uh, yay, Alyssa. Yeah. I, I think it's obviously white people hate being told they're racist. Guys, yes. as we can tell by the Gillette commercial, hate being told to, to be better. Um, I thought that they, was a great uh, oh, I, I loved it. thing and, to do. Yeah. And I watched it once and I moved on with my life. That's yeah. what I think most of us should do. But it, it struck a core of people. And I was just having a conversation with a buddy last night who was you know, offended by it. And... By the Gillette commercial? By the Gillette commercial. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's to me it's just very amusing at how easily feathers are ruffled and then those same people are telling people, you know, who are offended or, you know, who have actual things to complain about. And then they say, shut up and dribble or something. You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> if we only just lived in a society where we just kind of just worried about, worried more about what? ourselves. That's such a foreign concept. I know, right? Us. And less about our neighbors. But social media has just changed the game. It'll, it'll never go back to Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's the root of all evil. It, it is. Like, oh, yeah. It's Pandora's If I box. wasn't a journalist, I really wouldn't want to use it. It's like we're forced to. Is that. That's, I was that's just fair. Uh, we're forced to use it. Like, it's like we're forced to use it because you have it's to. You like be, you have to. No, you got to know what the national debate is, the dialogue. But it there, is. It's it the is most exhausting. toxic. Like, I do. Out of all the platforms, I feel like. Um, Instagram has less toxicity. It's more picturey. It's more right. you know, just like hundred emojis, fire, fire, yeah. fire. Your profile's <laughs> lit. Click here for more followers. Facebook is extremely polarized now with the politics arguments, and then Twitter is just troll armies that right. get I to attack. I feel like Twitter's the place where you can hide the most. You can yeah. hide behind mm-hmm. a wall and tweet and say all these awful things. It's like, especially like. Well, I'm just on a reality TV show. Like, you don't know me, and the, I'm the last person you should be spending time tweeting nasty yes. things about. So it's just like, people need hobbies. That's what <laughs> they really everyone do. in America needs a hobby. It's, it's not so social true. media. It's very true. Truth, Morgan. Like music. Truth. People should consider picking up music. Maybe funding music <laughs> okay, education. Okay, no more, no more <laughs> shameless plug alerts. We can, you got one in the beginning. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the great Oscar debate. The great Oscar debate. So me and him worked together. You might have to ref a little bit because. Okay. So here's the thing: that overall, th- we're gonna totally talk in like non-specifics here, but just in general, we started to get in an argument because you hear all this talk every year about okay, so the Oscars, the ratings are going down. How do we get younger people to watch? How do we? But then year after year, and we've argued about this. I feel like Hollywood is tone deaf on like. The films that they start to celebrate, and it's like, yes, if you're a filmmaker and you're like a cinematographer, you're going to have a different appreciation than like me, which is like, I'm like a top 40 pop popcorn movie guy. <laughs> For me, if so I was- the most qualified if, to talk no, about if, the Oscars. Yes, I'm, because, I, because if you want people like me to watch the Oscars and care, you need to stop like nominating these elitist movies that only the industry cares about or gets. Like- they're not accessible. Like, if it was up to me, Black Panther would be Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Black Panther would have a bunch of acting nominations. Black Panther would be the winner. But it's like, instead, it's like, no offense. And I'm sure, like, Roma is, a, I get it. The cinematography is beautiful. But everyone is acting like Roma's like the second coming. Like, uh, and he's going to win director. But it's like, how many people in America were going to see that movie before Hollywood started to love it? Go ahead. You've got the floor. Um, listen. So much to address here. <laughs> First of all, um, the Oscars 
don't care about you. They don't need to. The Oscars aren't for people like you. That's the problem with them trying to worry about ratings. They should not worry about ratings. The Oscars celebrate great cinema. And listening to people whose favorite movie is Transformers <laughs> 2 and Paramount Activity, and, and they, you know, they're not, they're not, the, the Oscars isn't, shouldn't be trying to target them. They are not the most sophisticated cinema watchers. Then why air them? Take them off the air. Stop well, just, putting them on the air. Yeah, I don't care what they we do. Know Joseph, because, I'm on your side on this one. Yeah, because we know, in Hollywood, we know in Hollywood, we get it. There's a four-year consideration business. I've worked in the trades. That Hollywood is like, that's where all the dollars are because it's like this campaign to promote your movies. And it basically keeps the, you know, like a lot of people in business. So, yeah, the Oscars still make money on broadcast. But then... Just call a spade a spade. Then just knock it to an hour. Give out the award. Stop trying to make it like you're ever going to get younger people to be interested in this award show. I agree. Show. They need to stop caring about people like you. Yes. And alienate them completely because I'm tired of hearing your, your opinions on okay. Facebook. <laughs> about so I think the, the – I mean, listen. The Oscars are – is a celebration of filmmakers decided they by filmmakers nice for filmmakers. Friday and they do. The they Academy. have a great Oscars have lunch. a nice – just like – Bottom thing, line is it's all – people look at acting – same way people look at sports. So, oh, my favorite, Leonardo DiCaprio, you're rooting for him. You, he's your favorite, the same way you're rooting for Atlanta Falcons or the Patriots, whatever. Um, and it's still uh, a national spectacle to people. Yeah. And the benefit of having an award show, that why they should, yeah. is because it highlights movies like Roma, for example, which is the best movie I've seen this year, hands down, for a lot of reasons. Um, and it highlights the stuff that most people would skip over because they see a black and white trailer and they go, well, boring, next. Uh, Just like the artist. Do you even remember the artist? Like that one, too. I Our, actually never saw it, but it's terrible. You know, whatever. <laughs> with, with that whole season, Uggy the Dog. I'm just sorry. Year after year, just like it's. Then don't watch the Oscars. This is. I the have problem. to watch Stop them. Because I'm them. an entertainment journalist, but I think it's like I'm jaded. I'm not watching this. I'm year. jaded I can't at wait. this point that I'm like so over the Oscars, and now it's like, are they going to have a host? Are they not going to have a host? Who really cares at this point? How about? Well, apparently a lot of people, because if you put that in a headline, it clicks. So <laughs> apparently a oh lot of people. Oh my god, it's going to be probably the worst rated, whether it has a host or doesn't Here's have the thing. a host. People yes. hate the Oscars every year. It is a lose-lose. Even when Jimmy Kimmel crushed it, even when you had a great ending. Jimmy Kimmel's awesome as a host, he was and great. it's still, the ratings went down. And, and people still complain. There's yeah. still going to be people reviews, well, blah, blah, blah. He shouldn't have handed out those sandwiches. And it's like, yeah. listen, we had the best Oscars ending ever with Warren Beatty naming the wrong <laughs> movie. True. I was like, oh, wow! This that is the good. best award show but ever. But nobody would have cared about, like, that literally, in a way, Killed like like hurt that saved the Oscars that year. Yeah, it was fantastic as as a spectacle of viewing. Yes. but again, the Oscars are a celebration of of good, truly the, the best cinema of the year. And I'm sorry, uh, Black Panther is a good one of the movie. best movies. It's a of good the year. movie. It's a really good action best movie. movie ever. Really best good movie ever. Black Panther. You know, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not bummed. The, Goon- the Goonies is the best movie ever made, the hands Goonies. down, and that didn't win any Oscars. You don't see me complaining about it. But listen. I actually, I mean, in terms of the ten films they nominated, my I would take first man to me deserved. That Can was my you name snap. the last five Best Picture winners off the top of your head right now? The last five. No, because I don't care. But that's why, because they're forgettable. <laughs> Argo won. Argo is a great movie. No, the last five, the most recent five, probably not, because they're forgettable. I can't. Well, name I can't. Them. I can't even can't name, name the movie I saw two weeks ago. Unless so. you're like a movie. Unless you're an awards analyst. Twitter's in scrambling Hollywood. my brain. I can't remember this stuff. If you're an awards analyst in Hollywood, or you're paid to do this and pay no, attention to it. No, if you truly it, love cinema and you love cinema, you'll know that kind of stuff. 
The rest Which of is the who public, the Oscars are for. <laughs> then I guess this is what my issue is with it. Probably more with our journalists that write articles about like the the Oscars caring about the ratings. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's my beef. I, I, I don't Maybe think my the, the Academy should not care about what the public thinks of it. You should do it. Whoever tunes in, tunes in. So it's then still stop gonna, even trying to have like right. Ho- that's my issue. It's like yeah. they try and make it this big like event, but yes. if they don't care, then. Do it an hour and don't get all these That's celebrities to come. Don't well, freak listen, out about a host. It's 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 just like okay. I'm gonna plug my music real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> oh write a song. God. I'm gonna write a song. No. I'm gonna put it out there, and I don't care what you think of it. I'm happy with it, and you know I figure if I like something, people are gonna like it, and they do. And, yeah, yeah, they do. And uh, but it's like <laughs> you're putting too much. Uh, they're worrying. You're worrying about it too much of the ratings, they, and uh, then they're worrying about it, but. Really, at the end of the day, the benefit of winning an Oscar yeah. is not so much your speech, whatever. It is so that they can re- re-release the movie in theaters again in a wider release. They can put best picture of the year. And you know what it is? It's validation. Yeah. Because the average person doesn't truly have taste. They have levels of validation. So, oh, uh, a blog wrote about this. I'll take it more seriously. Oh, uh, Vanity Fair wrote about this. I'll take it more seriously. Oh, it won an Oscar. Whoa, I better check this out. But never, That's the benefit of winning an Oscar, never, and that's why they do these but awards. But never like this moment in time, and maybe it's because the world at large has shifted so much. I do believe that when I think about working in trades like um, 10 years ago to now, <clears throat> never has awards felt so in flux in a way that only Hollywood is still like grasping on to like the award season that once was. Meaning like you have eroding viewership on all the shows across the board. You have all of the streamers getting um, shows nominated, not even broadcast in the game, but then they're still airing this eroding show that gets... So here's my point. No, wait, let me make this this point because I'm going to lose my train of thought. The the Oscars, um, as you knew it, Basically, like they, they, there's like there's two missions because there's like the network trying to get ratings in young people, and then there's like the filmmakers who just care about like the art of film. And to me, that's like not melded together is what the thing is. And then people try to. I mean, you're still gonna put try to put on a good show. You're still gonna try to get people to watch it. Right? Yes. So, but I can't fault them for that. I would want to do the same thing, even if I don't, even if I'm not going to take the criticism seriously and go, well, whatever. But here's what else has shifted. Even like the red carpet shows now, because we're in this Me Too era, we're now even in an era where the fashion fluff is like, you had an article in like Vogue saying like, that's not cool to ask about that anymore. And it's like, if you're going to ask about it, if you're going to ask what a woman's wearing, you need to be asking what a men's wearing. It's, I think, why E personally is like, their show couldn't be more boring the last two years than in history. Mm -hmm. Because I don't... I think there's some female audience that still care about that stuff, Mm -hmm. but at large, when you think about the world, I just don't think it's like... It plays. Right. Well, again, uh, social media gives everyone a platform to rant and rave and say whatever 240-character opinion they want, no matter how much... Whether it makes any sense at all, whether you're a credible source to even have that opinion, whether you're well-informed. And I think think people need to stop taking that so seriously. You know? Okay. Just because people are crying out doesn't mean you need to listen to them. It is your... It is your award show. If it Do was up you. to me and I ruled the world in Hollywood, <laughs> oh, one God, big, it's a scary world. One big, it would be one big mega 
award marathon show, like one Saturday. But, but here's the thing. Oh, I like that. Movies, yes. TV, brother. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. One day and we, air it on all channels. We and have all MTV Movie Awards. We have critics. Horrible. We have People's Choice Awards. There are award shows for the popular They're films. They're all terrible. So why are you trying to make the Oscars into a, a popular movie? I'm not. It's war. all the articles, I guess, that shit up my feed that I have to read. <laughs> anyway, on that note, Morgan, thank you. This has of been course. such a pleasure. Thank you, guys. But I want to have you back sometime so we can really dig in because now we're fascinated about all the behind the scenes of oh, your shows. I can go for hours and hours about all the tea that is reality TV. Oh, my God. Greg, thank you for coming to plug hey, your music. Pleasure. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> Greg, you company, and American Way, streaming now. And thank you for watching. And you can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, uh, obviously um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tune in next week. I have a special Grammy episode with some top, top, top-notch journalists from the industry coming to break that down for us. Thanks a lot. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> 